Don't say that. All right. Hello and welcome, everybody, to the show. This is Let Me Finish. I'm your host, Daniel, and I'm joined by Kevin. I'm Kevin. Uh, today on the show, we're going to be covering a couple topics. I'm going all the way from Google's new Deep Link system, talking about Bloomberg and some banned bot accounts that he got, uh, as well as we're going to talk about the moral dilemma of a man who saved three prison guards but was still executed by Tennessee. Yeah, and if we get time, we'll go to Twitter for your stupid trends. <laughs> I hate trends on Twitter. You know how this, your trends is like trends for you and stuff? Like, uh, they always have that section and they like personalize it. But it's always just K-pop, so it's like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's just twi- Twitter's just trying to promote K-pop. It's just K-pop. It's a K-pop uh, sharing site. <laughs> yeah. I can't believe oh, Twitter wow. is still popular. Okay, what's our first... Wh- where do we go to first? You, you want to talk about the Google thing? Yeah, let's talk about Google has... Um, yeah, give us the rundown on Google's new system, okay. new Deep Link. So, here's a new feature coming to Google. It's called Scroll to Text Fragment. However, so I read about this earlier this week. This is coming out in a new version of Chrome. A lot of your browsers might even update automatically. Um, don't take my word for it, though. You should always go and check in your settings in uh, Chrome to make sure what version you have. Um, and this version uh, that has this feature is Chrome 80. So, if you have Chrome 80... You have this feature. Um, what it does is it lets you uh, deep link, but like deep linking is when you know, like you, you send someone a link and you open it and it takes them to like an app instead of just the browser. Like if I send Daniel a link to something on Twitter to his phone, his phone will just open Twitter sometimes. It's like a deep link. So Google has like another spin on that where like you can send someone a link to some page and you can quote part of the page and then when the person opens the link it just automatically will scroll you in chrome to the exact spot that was quoted so if i quote part of um part of a wikipedia page talking about you know squirrels uh and i just copy the quote into the link using a special format from google and i send it to daniel then his chrome will put him exactly at that point on the page um so that's the feature. Sounds great. Would you use it? I think it could be useful. Sounds useful. I mean, it's kind of like uh, how some people will link to um, sources, say like YouTube videos or something. Oh, sometimes. YouTube videos. And yeah. you can link to like a YouTube video, and you can link to link to a certain timestamp. Yeah. Um. So that way you don't have to worry about searching for something deep in. Um. But obvious, but yeah, I mean, what, the reason that we're talking about this is you mentioned that there were some experts have some concerns about privacy. All the media came out yesterday and over the weekend to say that Google should be stoned to death for this feature because it somehow violates privacy. Um, I'll leave that up to the listener to decide how much privacy is being violated here. But the concern was if you if you worked in HR. And you're in charge of managing your company's health policies. If you share a link to, like, you know, your terms of, uh, or some benefits plan or something to your employees, um, and then you use this deep linking feature and you just highlight the word 
Uh, this is this comes from the researcher who was complaining about this feature originally. So they say if you worked in HR, yeah, and you and you shared out a link to like the policy portfolio, and you just highlighted the word cancer. Um, so apparently, like people in that position aren't supposed to know your pre-existing conditions and stuff, like in that sort of a way. But they feel like if you did share information with deep linking certain parts of that information. Uh, with this scroll to fragment feature, then you could sort of infer, you know, how many people clicked that link. Um, because in companies, you can monitor the DNS, you know what links people are clicking all the time, you can see their traffic over VPN or over a corporate network. So you could basically just share a bunch of stuff out of a document and just see who clicks on what parts and then try to figure out if they have pre-existing conditions or things that you're not supposed to know. That's it's the privacy I mean, concern. Yeah, that's, I mean, I'd say that's a, that's a that could be a valid concern. It's um, a little elaborate, though. I gotta say. It is a little bit. I mean, I think that it definitely seems like it's, uh, yeah, I mean, it seems like they would, it would be, few cases i think um and it would have to be a really kind of shady company <laughs> to actually do that yeah it's but kind it's of not, like you already have a problem right <laughs> yeah i mean it's not entirely unrealistic though i mean and there's even in theory there could be other issues because oh man I, i'm trying to remember what this was but you may uh know what i was talking about but there was um an issue where google was at one point they were trying to basically create a central repository of um, medical information. And oh, the idea gross. was that, so the idea is that it at least, I don't know yeah, exactly how it works in other countries as far as the medical stuff goes, but I know that for, for America, anytime you go to a new doctor, you have to go back to like all the doctors, every single doctor that you've had in like, you know, however many years, uh, you want to cover and go and request your medical records from each individual one. Yeah. Um, because there's no kind of central repository. So the idea was that Google was trying to make kind of a central repository so that if you go to one doctor and then you switch to another doctor, you don't have to worry about cha about sending your medical documents over. You just kind of like release and allow, you just sign a release that would allow the new doctor to pull the information um, from that repository and then, uh, and then you would be good. So I mean, it definitely has like some useful uh, features and stuff. But a big problem that um, kind of a scandal that happened was that some insurance companies and healthcare companies, like life insurance and uh, health insurance companies, were using it to uh, collect data on people and sometimes deny them coverage or raise their prices. So. Mm. Um, now I, I don't I'm trying I like I said I'm trying to remember exactly what the um, story was so it's not this isn't like 100 uh, percent factual but I remember there was kind of the this general, isn't 100 percent factual this is like that was like the general consensus <laughs> so of the story if it's like five percent factual does that make it still factual yeah or even if you're like oh this is 95 percent factual it's like oh so it's fiction yeah <laughs> <laughs> but i mean there was there was i don't think that it was necessarily like it wasn't necessarily happening but it was kind of like a concern that people had 
was that insurance and healthcare companies could use that information to deny people coverage or raise their rates. So it kind of it's, it seems like a kind of a similar idea where it's like, you know, if basically they're able to get information yeah. on you and then and kind of exploit that information. Medical technology is such a hard place to operate because there's so much scrutiny. Like if even if you can disrupt the market, even though so like healthcare is like the most disruptible market right now. Every sort of startup knows that if you go into healthcare, that's where you can really disrupt stuff and create a lot of changes. But at the same time, it's really hard to get in there and disrupt stuff because, uh, you know, it's the bull in the China shop problem where once you make a better mousetrap, it starts leaking people's information and getting them, you know, uh, I don't know, euthanized or something because they, I don't know, you know, I'm talking about like an AI could tell your life expectancy or something and then start yeah. euthanized. Like that's what everyone thinks like a medical startup really is. I mean, like so it's, people are so scrutin- scrutinizing over these things. <laughs> it turns into minority report as soon as you start trying to make something with AI in healthcare. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, I mean, I think that there's like definitely legitimate concerns. There is, yeah. It. It's just, I don't know. Uh, okay, so I found something here on uh, The Guardian, an article from The Guardian. So it says, Google's secret cache of medical data includes names and full details of millions. Uh, so this came from a whistleblower in then Google, apparently. Oh, that's creepy that they were just getting it without saying anything. That's that's now, yeah, that, that's what, um, that's, I guess, a kind of another concern that people had was that it wasn't actually, it was basically, I think it was something that was maybe, it was like hidden in some terms of service or something. And basically, I think a healthcare provider was providing information to Google. Wow. So, um, basically, healthcare, so involves the transfer to Google of healthcare data held by Ascension, the second largest healthcare provider in the US. So, I'm sure it's probably something where basically when you get healthcare from them, there's probably some kind of agreement that you sign, and probably there's some clause somewhere in there that allows them to do this. But that's kind of the concern that people have is that. So it was basically going into just this central, like I said, there's a central repository and it could certainly have a good use where, you know, you could in having a central repository could have certain benefits for sure. But like I said, the concern was that now that all these healthcare providers and insurance companies could have access to you know, anyone's kind of um, medical information. They could secretly hike people's rates or things like that. And other things too, that Google also has not only like your actual medical information, but they also have all kinds of other data on you from, you know, things like your your browser history, your search history. They know, yeah. But, you know, so they know a lot about kind of your, your habits. So it's like the other thing that could be concerned with that is uh, if they know about kind of like your life habits. Like, are you a are you a smoker? Do you, I don't know, do you tend to drive fast? Things like that. You know, in theory, they could know that. And then that could also affect your rates. <laughs> I was going to make a joke, but I don't want to get our podcast listed as explicit again. <laughs> <laughs> We're on Spotify now. Hooray. 
but we're also yes, apparently we very explicit, so <laughs> <laughs> we have to be careful. <laughs> but if I was going to make a joke, I would say Google's just trying to make a chart uh, where of like the relationship between COPD and watching anal porn. That's probably what they're doing. <laughs> 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 God, we're gonna turn into Infowars pretty soon here, man. <laughs> searching for the cure to COPD somewhere in there. <laughs> oh, that's terrible, though. <laughs> it's really awful. The moral of the story is: don't accept cookies from strangers or Google. Yeah. Okay. Oh man. Well, Speaking of creepy people offering people cookies um, and telling them to get in a van and then driving away very quickly, um, Michael Bloomberg. <laughs> Michael Bloomberg got in trouble with Twitter, uh, another tech company. He got in trouble because of pro Bloomberg accounts being suspended for, quote, platform manipulation. So, um,. Before I get into this, I just want to read the top comment on Reddit. This comes to us from Reddit News, the cesspool. Um, top comment from Javier Mendel. He spent, what, $500 million in the past three months on his campaign? Is anyone naive enough to think that none of the money that's going toward bots, shills, and other uh, amoral avenues of campaigning? Okay. What do you think about this, Daniel, before we read the article? What's your pre-take? I mean, I guess I don't know. I guess I I don't really actually know what campaign budgets usually look like. True. But, I mean, I also kind of agree with him, his comment in the sense that, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's not like he's the first person to buy, you know, bots to promote himself. True. I'd say he's probably the highest profile highest profile do it the highest profile candidate you know to really just uh he's the apex incel to just blatantly buy promotion from social media accounts because he's not really being very low-key about it he is not he's just bragging about paying people money for trying to make him look cool in gifs and memes yeah he probably pronounces uh gif like gif can you make more gifs of me i'm trying to, i want more punchlines in my gif oh, more of those gifs right, give me one of those gifs need more more here take the money here's a billion dollars the more GIFs. come on people <laughs> i was the mayor of new york <laughs> you just have to throw that in there somewhere i started so a business uh, he's a he's the cutest new york accent though it's adorable um, I don't think I've ever heard him talk, to be honest. Look, I got it. Well, I heard him talk for the first time. They, there was a Democratic debate recently. Um, it was really wild. It was in Nevada, and it, so there's a couple things going on. Bloomberg showed up to this debate. Uh, he didn't have to because he wasn't even on the ballot in Nevada. Like, he didn't even because whenever he you know entered the race, it was too late, so he wasn't even in the primary. But for some reason, he thought, well, I'm still going to go to the debate, goddammit. And they changed the rules for him so he could come to the debate. He showed up on stage, and he absolutely got the 
the just the crap kicked out of him by all the other candidates uh, on the stage. Like everyone just dogpiled him. He just uh, wasn't ready. And he wasn't ready. He just stared at the camera and stuttered and like didn't know what to say and had bad answers for every question. And they went down on him for his history with women, um, things that his companies used to do, maybe possible corruption, his money, his you know his history with uh, New York policing, uh, police. Uh, I wouldn't say police brutality, but police policies that got him in trouble, which, you know what I'm saying, a stop and frisk. That's really the issue people are talking about. Um, so they went over him for all of this stuff, and um, it just didn't look good. He just didn't have answers. And, you know, I, I heard an analyst afterwards saying, um, you know, all this guy needs to do is just sit in a room for, like, a week and only practice answers for those questions. Like, your history with women... <laughs> Your stop and frisk policies, something about why it's okay to be a billionaire, and then some other thing. So, like, that's all he has to do. But he didn't do that. He just showed up to the debate and thought he would wing it and be like Donald Trump. And he ended up looking like just, just terrible. It was, it was just awful. Um, so, yeah. But, but okay. On the other hand, though, with going back to the article we're about to read, um, I don't get this, Daniel. Like, can you explain this to me? What's an amoral campaign, you know? What does that mean? What is Javier Mendel says? This is amoral uh, avenues. Amoral avenues of campaigning. What does that mean? Are there is, there is there a bad way to campaign? Like, what? This is another thing I don't get. I get a lot of people hate Facebook or something. It has something to do with like political reasons and stuff or fake news, but like yeah what what does it mean if you're if you're selling ads on facebook to a bunch of seniors like how is this immoral like what what about advertising i thought that we all understood in 2020 that digital advertising is just what it is you know yeah i I don't think that that's necessarily amoral i think that people people always think so Obviously, there's a big issue with Facebook, um, and it was whatever. It was a big scandal because it was supposed to be. It was trying to influence, you know, people's vote and stuff, and people made a big deal about it. But the truth is, uh, they're a private company. Yeah. Facebook is a privately owned company. They can pretty much do what they want with Facebook. Yeah. You know, I mean, people always talk about Facebook and Twitter and stuff, and they're like, oh, and a big thing too is they talk about how they want free speech on these places and i'm like you you are it's not you know like you're out there in the public it's not like you're out you know in a park talking to someone or something you're on the website of a private organization another big tech company yeah that theme if they want to they they get to decide what goes on their site so well, I, I, I don't see, think it's amoral to necessarily purchase advertising on those sites because it's just like purchasing advertising anywhere else. Yeah, I think that I think it's it's somewhat almost predatory in a way because people really do not understand <laughs> that it is a private company that can do what they want. But I don't think it's necessarily amoral. It's, it's like not people wrong. people are suddenly upset that campaigns are advertising online. Like this one, don't understand. Like, like we living in 2020. Like this is what happens. People advertise online. That's how you get votes. I feel like 
back when Obama was running, maybe this was still kind of a new concept or something, or no one cared. But like, you know, Trump really used the internet to his advantage, I guess. I don't know if he even used it, but all the morons, you know, like that really annoying. All the, all the Trumpers did. Yeah, they're annoying but lovable in their own way. How they just embrace internet culture and memory and stuff, and it worked, I guess. Uh, and I don't know. I just feel like this. There's just this resistance to like, oh, you can't spend that much money on digital advertising. You can't have influencers. It's like. This is what the game is. This is what it's going to turn into. Everything's online, dude. In the future, people won't even have rallies. They'll just be like, you know, a poll on Twitter, and that's how we'll decide our election. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Like, why are you yeah. making it more complicated, huh? <laughs> it's just no. I agree, man. I, come I mean, everything's going digital. Every, everything's just everything's going digital, including advertising, including yeah. campaigning. How it's is just this? like it's just like when uh, what was it? Was it the JFK election when they started doing TV? Um, TV yeah, like debates. Oh, on TV that's and true. Stuff. Exactly. People, oh, that's people brilliant. freaked that's out because they're like, "Whoa, you know, like, oh, this is you can't do debates on TV. It was a brand new thing." And yeah, big, it was like a, it was. It's been speculated that if it hadn't been for the TV debates, JFK may not have won. Because JFK had a really kind of big advantage with the TV thing because he was young. Yeah. He had a big presence. Um, well, people on the got TV. lady boners for him. And then he Yeah, won. yeah. And then all the lady boners. His, his, yeah. The person and, uh, he was running against, I don't remember who he, I don't remember what it, who he was running against, but basically he was he was old and he didn't look as good on the TV. So I mean it was a huge it's influence. Nixon. Now, yeah, no, yeah, Nixon it was, was Nixon. supposed to win that year. He had all the good policies and support and stuff, but they put him on TV and he looked like a some jerk off creepy uncle yeah, and he looked old and sick jfk and... dr lady boner slash no homo bro like <laughs> <laughs> so i mean i think that i think it's just another change similar to that i mean now you people don't you don't hear people now complaining about tv debates because it's just part of how it is now i think that in 20 years it'll just be part of how it is to to uh yeah promote yourself on social media and everything but yeah i don't understand either i feel like uh i feel like i'm the last one uh, maybe that's something i'm missing here but is there a rule book where they say like these are the moral ways to advertise online you know this is what you can say and you can't do this this is bad it's like you're trying to win the election aren't you like where's the i'm i'm like a better call Saul type of guy when it comes to politics like you can fool as many people as you want if you're president i don't care like that's just how the game is you know people should yeah. be smarter and trying to like expose things if someone's dishonest like that should be what you're doing instead of just complaining about dishonesty and like you know like Either play the game or or beat them at it, or if they're lying about something, you know, explain that to people. But you can't just be lazy and be like, hmm, you, you can't, you can't do that. Uh, you can't yeah. say things that are not true. Oh, just politics. It's like, you think we're all stupid? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I agree, man. I think that, I think that if you, yeah, if you, if you you don't like the fact that people are advertising on twitter and stuff and do something about they're it they're all but. lying all, all of them are lying the only difference yeah. is sometimes people get called out sometimes they don't so I'll, I'll just breeze through this article i'm just gonna read like every other word pretty much um uh, twitter says they took action on 70 accounts which includes a combination of permanent suspensions and account challenges to verify ownership that comes from a twitter spokeswoman um 
<laughs> it comes from a Twitter spokeswoman to uh, Reuters, and this article is by Elizabeth Culliford. Thank you, Elizabeth. Um, anyways, so Twitter said the accounts violated its platform manipulation and spam policy. So 70 Bloomberg accounts got in trouble for spam. That's pretty much the gist of this article. Actually, low-key, this sounds a little bit like a hit piece to me. Yeah, no, I think like you said, I mean, basically what it looks like is Twitter just, went after a couple of accounts. Yeah, and they didn't, and they did it because they were violating their terms of service. They were just spam. trying to keep spam down, just like Twitter seven does spam accounts. I mean, seven all the time. Spam accounts. That's it. Yeah, um, and I think that, yeah, it just kind of got... Well, it got uh, signal boosted, right? Someone saw it and they were like, let's write a whole story about this. Let's put exactly. it into Reddit news. You know, the author probably posted it themselves there. Like, <laughs> They're like, you, know, you guys, like, look at this. He's yeah, uh, the author. Then. If, you put in the, if you put in the title, it says saying, Twitter suspends group of pro-Bloomberg accounts over platform manipulation. If you actually just rewrote the title and said, Twitter suspends 70 pro-Bloomberg accounts over spam. That's not much of a title, but it's so like clickbaited into the outer orbit. So Elizabeth Culliford, if you'd like to come on the show and defend yourself, you are welcome to. <laughs> yeah, I call it clickbait. I'm calling this clickbait. I think so. I agree. I think that. Yeah, I, I, I think it's just like I said. It was spam accounts that were removed. They happen to be pro pro Bloomberg and. Someone jumped on top. Someone jumped on the story. You could fit this entire article in two tweets because there's like one, two, three, four. There's like nine paragraphs, but each paragraph is just one sentence, double spaced. So yeah. this, this and a is a lot of it is just re- repeating itself. Yeah, this is why Reddit News is the cesspool. This is why I call it the cesspool. It's just full of articles that don't have any merit or value or don't add anything to the conversation. There's just just carbonated crap for a couple of people to click upvote on and then move on because they only read the title they gotta get man. that reddit gold man red this podcast is not sponsored by reddit news <laughs> we're sponsored by bloomberg we're sponsored by bloomberg <laughs> <laughs> fun. we got got that two two g's a month son uh, oh, wish, vote mike 2020 <laughs> You know, and if Bloomberg gave me two G's a month, I think that I would probably, uh, I would start posting about pro Bloomberg stuff I mean, or whatever. Yo, low key, like, is that different from UBI? Look at Andrew Yang. I'm gonna give you one K a month if I'm president. Okay. Oh yeah. Isn't that okay. Just, cool. Isn't that just advertising? Isn't that just spam? <laughs> like <laughs> that's just like uh, yeah, preemptive advertising. Yeah, it's like, oh, okay, well, 1K a month to support Andrew Yang, basically. Uh, cool. A lot of people took the bait. I'll do it. Yeah, I'll support that guy. I want 1K okay. a Okay. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, I mean, well, that was an interesting campaign. He's out of the race, too, by the way, now. Um, yeah, he's out now. Rip Andrew Yang. Um, Michael Bennett, my favorite candidate, he's still in there, I think, but he's got, like, uh, one tenth of a percent so we'll see still my favorite though one day it'll yeah. happen maybe next next time maybe yeah um so that's the bloomberg thing it's funny we put that in for our list of 
things to cover and like it's literally like the most like non-story ever wow yeah we basically ended up talking about how it's I've gotta get my producer to, to vet these things better holy crap <laughs> get out of here elizabeth colorful right. but something that uh is an interesting story um Ooh. i mentioned there was a man who saved three prison guards uh and he was executed by tennessee so basically um, so he saved three was, people and he was killed yeah so there was a man um nicholas sutton he was 58 um he was in prison um sentenced to life life in prison life in prison um so basically uh talking about looking they have a paragraph they talk about his childhood uh, it was really horrific his mother abandoned him he had a mentally ill father who was abusive um he was yeah he was uh he had a um brain injuries um as a child um he had yeah he had basically he had a lot of he had a very very difficult childhood um when he was 18 he's uh he killed his paternal grandmother and two men oh what the heck in carolina oh yeah, yeah so, for him and then he said he killed his grandmother yeah yeah um i'm not sure what the story is with all this um as far as the actual the murders and stuff, you said Naturally, North Carolina, yes. in uh, North Carolina. Oh, no comment. <laughs> North Carolina. Um, so naturally, yes. So obviously, yes. He he. Um, obvi- that that was wrong, and there's a good reason that he was sentenced to life. Yes. Um, don't kill your grandmother. That's yes. the other moral. Don't take cookies from strangers. Don't kill your grandmother. Yeah. So then what, um, when he was in prison in uh, 1985, he um, basically, he, what he found himself in a, what he described as a killer be killed situation with another inmate. Um, basically, this other inmate was going to stab um nicholas sutton and he um fought back or he or i don't know if he necessarily i don't know if it was he fought back or if he was a preemptive strike but he killed the other inmate so um, killer be killed so he was like well so i killed him yeah yeah so well, the guy might have killed me so i just killed him yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so okay. that was a few years after he had been this in prison. Pretty dubious, man. So far, yeah, yeah. No, I think. I mean, yeah, I think he. Like I said, I, I'm not saying Sounds that he, like he shouldn't be, shouldn't people. have been in prison. <laughs> he killed people, and that was. I had wrong. a bad childhood, so I killed my. Grandmother. Yeah. Um. So then, after that incident, he. Um, was sentenced to death because he was he had a co-defendant in the case who refused to accept a sentence of 30 to 40 years um so he was instead sentenced to death they didn't take the plea they didn't take the plea so he didn't take the plea and then got sentenced to death what year was that does it say that was in uh, 1985 sentenced to death in 1985 and then 2020 which is what 20 40 45 years later uh, they carried out the 40, sentence? Yeah, 40, 40 years later, right? 
or 40, 35 something 20 35 okay 35 years later they carry out his death penalty okay yeah um (laughs) and then let's see so then it goes on to talk about how uh during Ty's time in prison mr sutton saved the lives of three correction staff he protected a guard from five prisoners who were trying to take him hostage during a 1985 prison riot um, there was another prevented an inmate from attacking a sheriff's deputy from behind while he tried to break up a fight, and he protected a female correction, correctional professional who had been injured in a fall. And he, so he sprang into action, helped me to my feet, retrieved my keys and radio, and alerted staff to come to my assistance. So basically, I mean, from the the, the well, prison staff are on. actually even. Hang on, I'm gonna stop you right there before you finish. What's the title of the article? A uh, man who saved three prison guards um, executed so he, by Tennessee. He saved three prison guards. So he helped a girl get up. He <laughs> stopped one guy from being held hostage. And something else with the third guy. He protected a guy from getting uh, jumped from behind. He, he stopped him from getting jumped from behind. Okay. Well, this is pretty dubious to me, though. Like, Loki, I'm like, mm, well, I say mean, more. I don't... I'm not necessarily going going to jump in on this guy's side and say that he, like I said, when you I first think- brought up the article, it sounded like he saved three people's lives, like like he rescued them from a burning building, and then yeah. when you said, "Oh, someone fell over," and then he helped them up and collected their radio for them, and it's like, oh. Okay. I feel like you yeah. have to really explain more about the context for me to think that that he actually saved that person. You know, like did she fall down inside? You know, an area where other prisoners were. I mean, was she unconscious? I mean, or did she just like trip on his shoelace and then he just helped her up? You know, <laughs> like, I'm not sure. It does say she's been injured in the fall, so I don't know. It seems like it might have been more than just an average fall. But I mean, I think yeah, I don't think that it's necessarily yeah. I think that there. Yes, the the authors of the article are certain certainly massaging it up like a little bit, but I think that it does like... talk about a bigger issue of kind of um, okay. I I'll think that have w- what I'm more interested in this okay. article for is more about the bigger issue of kind of you know I suppose you know yes he he did something very wrong. You know, but I mean, and a lot of most, I'd say that most people who are in prison are in for a good reason. But I think that it's also that difficult thing of, you know, when someone's sentenced to life or when they're sentenced to death, execution and stuff. Yeah. Should they be given a chance to, yeah, well, and I think should they be given a chance to redeem themselves, you know, and obviously. Good question. I mean, you know, and that's, that's what's difficult about, uh, being in this uh, situation is that they're not always given the chance to redeem themselves, and obviously, um, so he so he asked for clemency um, to not be. Um, when did he ask for executed? Clemency? Basically, so let's see. Where let me see. He probably should have asked for clemency when Trump was president, because apparently Trump is pardoning like everyone who has a sentence. Yeah. <laughs> Trump yeah. pardoned like the 
the ex mayor of Chicago who was trying to sell Obama's seat and was sent to prison for twelve years on corruption, and Trump just took him out after eight years, so he still have four years, or maybe like two years left on his sentence because of good behavior. But Trump just took him out for like executive privilege, I guess. He's like, just let this guy go, I guess. And then he let out a couple of other people who were, you know, indicted for various reasons. Including his uh, his man Roger Stone, so it's like yeah, it's like this is a good week to be in prison if you want to get out and get clemency. <laughs> Probably missed the boat, but uh, yeah. yeah, okay, big debate time: death yeah. sentence versus life sentence. Is it yeah. bad to send also, someone in, in jail for their entire life, or just kill them while they're in jail? Like, yeah, which of these is why is it okay to do one and not the other? Is either okay? Well, I think that I guess. My issue with something like the death sentence is that at least if someone is in prison, there's still, you know, you can still make at least somewhat of a life for yourself there. If you just kill them, then, you know, that's it. That was their shot at life and they were killed, you know, they were executed. And like I said, I'm not saying that he was some kind of saint. Obviously, he did some very, very bad things. I mean, you know, you could argue that he you know, ended three people's lives who they don't get a chance at life now. Why should he? Yeah. I mean, that's certainly, I, I understand that argument, but at the same time, you know, I think something like a life sentence in prison gives something, gives someone more of a chance to kind of redeem themselves and bring it back, especially when it's something where something happens when someone's so young. I don't know. I, I have mixed feelings about life sentences. I feel like people always go after death sentence and then they think life sentence is just fine. I think life sentence is pretty crazy in my opinion. Like, what, you going to just put this person in a room for the rest of their life? Like, okay. <laughs> like, yeah. how is this better? <laughs> I guess because they're still alive, but I mean... I mean, at least they're still alive. And the, I mean, I mean, you know, you, you can... There's, obviously, there's there's some things you can do, you know, in prison. You can... They, you know, I mean, they have activities to do and stuff. But, yeah, I mean, I don't. it's obviously you don't have your freedom. We get pretty into just, like, ethics, I think, if you have to weigh the two things. Because, uh, like, if you, if you do something really bad, like if you do something kind of bad, if you steal something, it's like, okay, well, you go to prison, and it's a crappy place, and you don't have freedom, and then you're supposed to learn not to steal. But then you do something, like, really, really bad, like you go kill someone and then uh you know like your grandmother and it's like well we can't just put you away for a while and then you're gonna learn your lesson and then come back there's like a line that society draws where it's like well if you do something like super bad like you're just going away forever or you know you're going away for a little while and then we'll just take you out you know (laughs) like there's like a point where society says that's so offensive to our moralities that you just just you're gone you're yeah, that here. you don't get to exist within society anymore, basically. You don't get to exist at all. Like, not even within, like, we're just, you don't exist. You, you, yeah. It's a death penalty. I don't know. Well, what if, so, like, uh, I feel like American prison is not really meant for, like, reforming people. It's just for, like, punishing no. them. <laughs> it's like, I, I feel like, like, okay, let's get rid of prisons. I'll save you some money here. Let's make a big camp in Antarctica where it's impossible for anyone to, like, get out and just make that be the prison. Okay, this sounds pretty bad, okay, but I'll make it better. Um, (laughs) You get in trouble, and look, people will not commit crimes because they'll be so terrified of this, but if you get in trouble, 
you go to Antarctica camp and it's just a big camp and anyone can just go there for whatever level of crime and it's just pure anarchy and it's not like you know gangs and stuff it's just like you just need to take care of yourself figure out how to survive you know the state's not gonna give you a bed and feed you and stuff like you know have a farm or something but you know it's up to you guys to actually do it you know yeah. and everyone has to keep each other alive and somehow form their own society and if you're there long enough then you can come back to society but instead of putting you in an institution where everything is sort of like done for you and then you can just be in a gang and stuff like you have to figure it out on your own you know <laughs> that's what i would do that would be my <laughs> i would be that's in kevin's you know, world yeah, it's like you're going to camp. You're in trouble. You go go figure out how to survive on your own. Like, uh, oh, you hate black people? Okay, well, t- go try to grow some lettuce and keep yourself alive. You know, <laughs> see if your gang is good at growing vegetables, man. <laughs> like, I don't. It's that, that's probably cruel and unusual punishment for sure. But probably, but but the other end of it is people get reformed. They actually learn how to do stuff. I don't know. Yeah. It sounds like I'm making a gulag. So this is probably a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> I think I just I think, invented gulags. <laughs> yeah, I think that that I mean that might be too far the other way. Kind That's of, probably a Siberian think, gulag, Kevin. I think uh, reformation. I think that you do make a good point where the American prison system is built as like it's 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 like a, a fear thing, you know, where people are just afraid. They just hold no it over your afraid, head. They're like, don't people, do bad things. I think people go to prison and they know they have friends there. If you're like a hardcore criminal, like, you know, you're yeah. just going to find people and do the same shit there. And if you get out, you do the same shit on the outside. Like, you know, it's like, I I think if you're going to reform people, you got to put them in like a prototype society that's like not where we are today. Society's hard. There's a lot of stuff going on. There's a lot of rules. Some people get left behind. So you put them in a society that's not fully developed and you make it their job to figure out how to keep the peace and how to keep things going, how to get, you know, food on the table. Like they have to do that instead of the state. Kind of the all idea is if they them. can find their place in that. Yeah. It's just where they have to, people, then they can find their place. Yeah, criminals criminals come into a big complicated society they see all this stuff is being done for them and then they exploit stuff and then eventually they get in trouble but you put you know what's that guy martin shakrelli that guy who is like ripped off a bunch of people and securities fraud for his companies um you know that guy martin shakrelli i don't know oh well he was like a startup guy for medical technology which kind of brings us back to the beginning of the show but he uh he did a bunch of stuff and ripped off people for securities fraud and also like you know he also was really unpopular because he was promoting that insulin should cost like billion dollars just because it funds research or something and who cares if people need it and die that's just life something like that i'm probably misrepresenting his views but he was really smug and he got indicted for securities fraud, but really he got indicted for being really smug and no one on the jury liking him. So yeah. that that's pretty much really what happened there. But anyway, so like, think about a guy like that. He gets in trouble. He has a lot of money, but he just cuts corners. He breaks the rules. He lies. He borrows loans to get more loans, to borrow more loans. Like, just put him in the wilderness with a bunch of people who aren't in his social circle and just be like, hey, you guys figure it out you know <laughs> that would be the camp uh, maybe instead of one big camp you'd have to go like truly anarchy so th- this is what the gulags got wrong holy shit i'm in so much trouble for even talking about gulags but <laughs> 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 but instead of one big camp 
which you put everyone in, which is pretty awful, a lot of small camps. So, like, little camps in the wilderness, you mix it up so there's not too many gangbangers in the same camp and they don't kill everyone. And you just mix it up. And then you'd say, like, hey, you guys have barely enough people. You have a little bit of supplies. You get a drop every, you know, once in a while. But you guys got to make it work out. And if you knock each other off, then you have less chances of surviving. Something like that, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you have these little camps. People just survive. You come back. So, hey, there's... There is a guy who does this for real. There's a startup, uh, not a startup, but it's just like a, there was a TED Talk about it. Uh, it's a reformation. Uh, it, this is a real deal in America. It's a reformation program where they take people, usually with criminal records, usually young men, uh, and they take them into like really adventurous hikes for like like days or weeks uh, just in the wilderness. And then, um, and then they return them back to their, you know, correctional officers and stuff. And they say that it has a big effect on getting people to like open up and be more vulnerable and, and talk about stuff. And it works mm. for guys. So it's like reformation through like hiking and stuff, dude. That's what I would do, man. I guess, <laughs> but, <laughs> but also a gulag in Siberia. <laughs> <laughs> somewhere between gulag in siberia and supermax in you know some little city in america you know but what's that yeah. supermax there's some supermax in washington like eastern washington like, yeah i don't I think that really that. helps people we can laugh about gulags all we want but you, you think your supermax is really helping people <laughs> oh no dude well it's like you said man i mean it's not about reform it's about punishment it's about yeah you know a big part of um like american like law and stuff i feel like yeah. is more about scaring people into following the law by saying oh here's all this bad things that's gonna happen you're gonna have to go over this bad place if you break the law so don't break the law or else you know what i mean yeah so pe- so people don't they don't really see it as much like i don't know they don't understand that it it's yeah. mutually beneficial to everyone for everyone to follow the laws I think maybe it's even logically inconsistent. If I say from this angle, where I say like, you know, you got in trouble because you didn't follow the law. You you, you broke the contract of society. So what are we going to do? We're going to send you to a place where you don't have any freedoms that you would have in society. But we're also going to institutionalize you so you're 100% dependent on the state. And I yeah. feel like that's not the way to actually reform someone. If you make them just no. dependent on everything like they can't do anything for themselves they basically just complete and utter dependence on on the institution you know for food for you know care for everything you know they have no responsibility you know other than just doing nothing or staying out of trouble you know and just waiting a long time that doesn't even make sense to me you know <laughs> like yeah like okay like we're gonna basically you know yeah it doesn't make sense. No, it, it doesn't make sense to me either because there's just no way that someone's going to go in there. There's no way that mo- that the average criminal is going to go into prison no. and be reformed by it. Some people do work really hard and they will be and they you know and they really try to make themselves better people. But the average person that go, goes to prison, you know, they're not really. They have no real reason to because you yeah. go in, you do your time. You get out, or you just are there forever. So why even bother to try and do better? That's the experiment I want to run. I want to say, okay, if you break the contracts of some society, 
the punishment is pull the rug out you know go go out in the woods man you gotta yeah. do it yourself now you figure out how to do all this stuff you like living in a town and going to 7-eleven and having all this stuff available for you and spending money and things well here welcome to the woods you figure out how to make all that stuff happen when no one to sort of like nurture you and just keep you around no institution you get no yeah. institutions yeah you figure out how to do it you know <laughs> but it would probably be pretty terrible in real life it would be just an awful place that people would be just, really difficult to implement yeah, and stuff i feel like, be like prison by prison rules. is easy because you just toss people in the building and then you're yes. like okay and then it's we so just easy. will feed you and clothe you whatever it's but not you'll, a solution, you'll just be though. over here it's just not a solution in my yeah, opinion it's, it's like exactly. the lack of a solution it's like we don't know what I, to do with you, so we'll just institutionalize yeah. you for like ten years. Yeah, and I think it comes. I think a lot of it comes from like you know, back when society was still developing, and you yeah. had some kind of fucking crazy psycho running around killing <laughs> people and destroying society. You didn't really have. It's like if society was still developing, you just it was kind of all you could really do was just to be like, okay, well, we're just going to isolate you away well, from society probably, so you can't fuck this shit up for us. I think probably back in time, they probably just took those people out. I think that yeah, exactly. I think that capital punishment is probably on the downtrend, if anything. Oh, I mean, yeah, am I definitely. wrong in thinking that? No, I think yeah. I mean, that's that's why like in the Wild West and stuff, there was all those. There were just oh yeah, just like oh, <laughs> okay, just someone, someone messed up and they did something bad. We're just just gonna hang. Well, their head off. Yeah, yeah. It's capital punishment. I think is on the downtrend, which is interesting. So we see as we've gotten more civilized and we have more morality and sensibilities, and we think that uh, it's more humane just to put them into a building for the rest of their life. And it's like okay, yeah. <laughs> but like, what's is this working? I don't know. My my plan is take him out of the building, put him in the woods. But uh, uh, I'd probably be—I don't know. <laughs> I probably am gonna get in trouble just for saying that. I'll probably get thrown in jail just for talking about not having jails. <laughs> just have an island. Everyone goes to the island and Everyone let them figure to it the out. Island. <laughs> That's what they do in Brazil. It doesn't work very well, and inmates kill each other constantly. But yeah. uh, they just have prisons where the inmates run the prison. It's their job, and the guards are just—they have guns, and they just walk around and keep them from spilling out into the greater society. But otherwise, it's just you know underworld. Just, you guys figure it out. Yeah. But they kill each other constantly, so it doesn't work very well. <laughs> it's just, it's just, I mean, it's just a giant murder circle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I mean, it probably discourages people from doing any, like, petty crime, because you're like, I don't want to get murdered by someone. You're like, I don't want to go there and get murdered, but... <laughs> I don't know. Maybe maybe know. Supermax is just good because it's cost efficient. I, mean, I think probably, that's the key thing. Is it's, prison it's, industrial? It's easy. It's easy. System. It's cost efficient, and I mean, and the other side of that too is that industrial. This is, a little, this is getting a little crack brain conspiracy, but prisons yeah. are privately owned, and they make yeah. a lot of money for people that own them. And there's they actually just... even a lot of judges that own prisons. Wow, really? So yeah, judges part are like investing in prisons. That's crazy. And then they send yeah. people to the prison, they invest in the prison, the prison takes a bunch of money from the government just to institutionalize exactly. these people and turn them into basically like, I don't know what to even call them. They're just like, just fully dependent on the government. I don't think that's the way to recover from anything, just no, to be 100% so dependent on some company to like keep you alive, you know? <laughs> well, what so. about death penalty though? Do we, yes, no? 
I mean, it, I think it's just hard because I think that the death penalty just doesn't give any kind. The death. I mean, if if supermaxes don't give any room for uh, reformation, then the death penalty definitely doesn't give room for reformation. Yeah, I think but, so. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I think that the death penalty. I don't. I don't agree with the death penalty. I think capital punishment is. I, I'm going to suspend my judgment on that. I won't even say I don't agree with death penalty. Like, I think it happens. And if some states are going to do it, okay. If other states aren't going to do it, okay. But, you know, whatever. State's issue. That's my that's my white flag of, mm. like, uh, whatever. <laughs> I guess I'm not very principled. But, like, I just like, uh, state's issue. Like same yeah. thing with like all the other hard questions. I'm like, just let the community figure it out. The community yeah. wants to kill people who did something bad, fine. But if they don't <laughs> want to do it, okay, fine, that's fine too. But just you know, I don't know. Whatever people are okay with. Yeah, I kind of understand that. I mean, obviously, like we said, laws. When you break a law, you're simply breaking a rule of society, and yeah. if society wants to deal with it that way. Well, then that's up to that society. I, I, I think let the market decide. I think have some states be pro capital punishment and some states not be capital punishment, and just look at recidivism and look at you know how often people are executed and just see what performs better. Like is is having life sentence for every single instance that would have been capital punishment better? I don't know. Like, what's the impact, like, of locking someone up for the rest of their life, you know? Is yeah. that somehow nicer than killing them? <laughs> and that guy wasn't killed right away. He was he was around killed for... 35 years First later. of all, he wasn't put away for a life sentence. He got the life sentence for doing something while he was put away. And second of all, he wasn't executed right away. He was 35 years after he got the life sentence, they got executed. So at the same time, it's kind of like... I don't know. Like we we talk about capital punishment, like you get committed, you know, for doing something petty, and then they, you just get shot in the head somewhere. But it's no. this case of capital punishment is different. It's like this person wasn't that wasn't his uh, original. I don't think that was his original sentencing. It's something it came wasn't. up later. He was originally sentenced to life, and then he because he. But uh, see, this almost makes later. sense though. Is like if you murder someone in a jail, it kind of sounds like that's all you can do i mean like yeah. are, we're either gonna put you in solitary confinement for the rest of your life so you can go crazy you know and die just insane and pathetically or you have to just get rid of this person because they're killing other inmates yeah yeah i i don't know i feel like i feel like that's maybe maybe that's where i draw the line maybe you can't get capital punishment from committing a crime outside you can only get a life sentence but if you do something like killing someone inside a prison that's when i would say capital punishment that that's my new rule no capital punishment unless you're killing other people who are locked up with you and then there's kind of nothing you can do <laughs> there's just nothing you can really do because then what are you gonna just what are you gonna do? <laughs> say okay whatever and then let everyone just kill each other yeah we can't just do a social experiment and keep letting you out into general population i killed someone again i take him out of general population but you can't keep them in solitary confinement forever, so you put them back in and kill someone. Like, yeah. Eventually, it's like, you know, I mean, and they gave the guy a plea deal, and it sounded like his co-defendant didn't accept it. So Yeah, I his co-defendant didn't accept I just feel like there's a lot of points in this story where things didn't need to go to this length, and it did. No, so, I don't think so. And I don't think it's his fault, but I don't think it's the system's fault either. I think it's just like, it's just what happened, you know? And I do think the capital punishment for people offending while they're already locked up 
kind of makes sense in a, in a sick way. I know it's bad, but I feel like in the current really broken, awful prison system we have, these are I the think kind it's of the only option. These are the, the kind of shoddy moral compromises you have to make with this sort of system. Like you, you can't get around things like this because you already fucked yourself by having super maxes, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, well, let's wrap up with their Twitter segment now that we're completely yeah. canceled. Now that we've again. solved uh, Now that we've gotten reform. canceled and explicit, you know, ratings and stuff for all my jokes about... Um, gulags. I, I can't even... Gulags and anal porn probably got us <laughs> canceled. Yeah, those are the... <laughs> hey, at least it's not in the first 15 minutes, right? Yeah, well, the anal porn was, but... Well... The, the yeah, real listeners will the see the the fake listeners will hear about the the you know that thing and they'll get mad. But the real listeners will listen to the gulag part and get mad. So exactly, <laughs> if you're if you if you're a real listener, then you're then you're really angry at us for encouraging <laughs> gulags in Antarctica. <laughs> so uh, here it comes. So uh, t- today we're just gonna go over the trend on Twitter currently trending is uh hashtag mansplaining in five words so people are quoting five words and then putting a hashtag there so for example someone says that's the check engine light hashtag mansplaining in five words you get where i'm coming from yes i i get it's not very funny though yeah the next one is uh I thought about doing that. Hashtag mansplaining in five words. And then the person adds a parenthetical, which is like two or three sentences explaining why I thought about doing that is probably mansplaining. So I feel like this person said, I thought about doing that, quotes, and then mansplaining in five words. And then it explains to me why that phrase was selected to be mansplaining. Why are you explaining to me why this is mansplaining? Stop it. That's not in five words. Yeah, you had to explain why this was explaining something. That's so annoying. Wow, I'm going to comment on this one. Holy shoot. (laughs) Did you just mansplain mansplaining? (laughs) What? That doesn't even make sense in this hashtag. Uh, you, You read a few, Daniel. Uh... Men are mansplaining, mansplaining. It's a big one that everyone's going on about. Uh, that's only four words, actually. Mansplaining in five words. <laughs> <laughs> Do not open the Elizabeth box. Elizabeth Warren is great, but... Oh, that's a good one, actually. I kind of like that one. Because it comes comes at people for disliking Elizabeth Warren and says that they're all sexist, which I'm like, okay. But, yeah. you know... I'm sure it's true sometimes. I'm sure it's true sometimes. I, I've probably said that, Loki. I probably said Elizabeth Warren is great, but when she explains the wealth tax, it seems like it might be um, not a good idea. Yes. But, <laughs> but, but, this person quoted that tweet actually and said, shit. No man would say that. Really? Hashtag mansplaining in five words. I don't know. Sounds like he's mansplaining why men wouldn't say that. No, I think that's his five words. Holy shit. No man would say that. Uh, I'm so confused now. (laughs) This is confusing. (laughs) This is a very confusing hashtag. Um, 
this person's uh well this person says uh you're a writer question mark me too hashtag mansplaining in five words that but that's not really like... mansplaining that's just like saying that you're you a have writer. to be a man and explaining that's that's they are explaining they're just saying they also gonna... like oh you work the same job as i do i work that job why are you explaining this as a man like i'm just saying i work that I don't... job i don't make any sense that doesn't make any sense they put a they put a asterisk there and said the person self-published a science fiction book or atheist manifesto that not even his mom wants to read and it's like okay but now you're explaining why that's mansplaining again if you have to say like okay with this hashtag you have to explain in more than yes, five words yes and it's not once you cross over to more than five words now you're explaining why something is mansplaining which defeats the whole purpose of saying it's mansplaining it's if it's mansplaining then you should just say the five words and then we get it because it's you're you're like showing how this is it's explaining something from like a position of um privilege or power or something yeah which, okay i get it but like <laughs> if you have to write a parenthetical of subtext to it then it doesn't it's not mansplaining you're adding a bunch of context so this person says what you meant to say hashtag mansplaining in five words that's perfect <laughs> that's a good one Listen, right wait what was that one the person said just just what you meant to say that's yeah, their that's, that's a their great five one. words that's, that's a, a good one. one that makes sense because uh, you know it's a really good one well what you meant to say was that because the wealth that, tax yeah, that's a is a bad idea this person said the Conservative Party of Canada, mansplaining in five words. I feel like that's just like a, it's just like a subtweet. They're just trying to. It doesn't yeah. even really work. Uh, this one is interesting. I have a master's in hashtag man, mansplaining in five words. I don't really understand how that's mansplaining. I guess. Yeah, that's not really mansplaining. That's just. Wait, th- what? Did, what did they say? I have a master's in. And see that hashtag mansplaining see, that's that's sexist though because that's saying like having a master's is associated with being a man being right a man. is that yeah. not really sexist no like, it is like <laughs> i agree obviously a man would say this especially if you're on twitter you don't know the gender of the person tweeting it so if they say like oh i have a master's you're like well why are you mansplaining it's like but what if a woman's running the account yeah and also it's not like i feel like if someone has a master's in something then they are probably going to be very qualified to speak on that topic yeah true but even if you're qualified to speak about something if you talk to a woman about it you should pretend like you don't know very much (laughs) i I do this though when i talk to someone not necessarily women but just people in general i pretend like i don't know very much because i don't want to overwhelm them with my vast amount of knowledge about the wealth tax (laughs) no i mean i don't know i generally i'm not gonna just like come out and start talking about how i'm an expert and all this stuff and all and i'll try to have like an actual dialogue with people well, actually, if you point the mortar at 17 degrees north, you'll get the perfect shot. And I would know that because I'm a mortar man. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. How do you mansplain 
mortars. <laughs> I don't know. I just try to avoid talking about them. <laughs> yeah. To be honest, no one even knows what those are anyway. Dude, if I ever see you in a party, that's the only thing I'm going to talk about is mortars. I'm going to try to get you to monologue on mortars. That's my only goal. <laughs> if I get you drunk, it's like, we're going to talk about mortars for like five hours. <laughs> I know it's in there somewhere. Oh, I mean, you want to go down this rabbit hole, we can go down this rabbit hole. <laughs> we're going down the rabbit hole, and we're going to get fired out like a billion feet into the air, because the rabbit hole is really just a mortar. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't, so I'm looking through this hashtag, and like the deeper you go, is most of them are not very good. Like This just tells you there's really nothing trending. Sometimes I think that Twitter just generates these trends themselves. I don't think they happen organically. I don't think anyone posted like mansplaining in five words and then like a lot of people actually followed that trend i think that there's a department in twitter that just salts a few trends every day because you ever notice how every time you go on twitter there's always some like not very good trend that's always like do this in five words or say this before sex or when yeah. i go to the gym blah 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 like there's always a really dumb manufactured trend i'm pretty sure these just are generated by twitter i don't think that someone thinks of this every day and then puts it into trending i think it's just like Twitter sees people trending about stuff and then pushes one up the chain so that they have some yeah. kind of... It's just to get more engagement, really, I think. Uh, Pretty much. That's what I, it always seems like. I hate to be sarcastic. There is, like, also, too, I noticed that there's, like, ten tweets from this one same account, too. Yeah. That really I mean, just latched on to that. I, I think there's just people trying to market... Shoot, we're going back to Australia fires. This this mansplaining thing just feels like people trying to promote their own, um, their own their own brand. <laughs> if, yeah. I, if I'm allowed to be cynical, it just feel like people promoting their own brand and then like trying to make a joke so that they can under a popular hashtag so that they can get attention. So yeah. we're gonna have to make a, a a let me finish Twitter account so we can tweet under mansplaining in five words and say, oh shoot, our, our tweet for this would be like. Let me finish. Plus two more words. Hashtag mansplaining in five words. <laughs> you get where I'm going? Are you on my train? <laughs> That's a perfect one. Shit. How do we do this? Okay, damn. This is where we need like listeners to like be uh, in a chat or something to help us out. We need the Discord help for this. How do we take let me finish? What two words can we add to that, dude? We got. I'm tweeting this right now. Uh, I'm gonna say hashtag mansplaining in five words, but I'm gonna say like two more words. Like, hold on, let me finish or something. Oh, that's so good. Okay, hold on, let me finish. And then should I put a link to the? Okay, I'm doing this. I'm diabolical, <laughs> dude. I'm the worst, absolute apex predator here. Uh, <laughs> 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 and i'm gonna post the stitcher link which just make me just absolutely we're on stitcher by the way so we're on stitcher so anyways people i'm uh i'm posting this horrendous tweet um <laughs> the only thing worse than gulags <laughs> and sent so uh, uh that's gonna do it's it a good for the thing show. this gulag episode is not gonna be up in time for people that and we're gonna post this in two weeks when everyone's like but <laughs> but anyway, that that does it for the episode, man. I think um, I think we did all the things. I think we did. So check us out on Stitcher, Spotify, 
Podbean. Um, maybe we'll go to YouTube sometime. You want to go to YouTube sometime? Yeah, sometime we should go to YouTube. Maybe. I feel like all we have to do is just post the audio and then put a clip of like maybe like a repeating loop of Bernie Sanders yelling at people, but, yeah. know, like a like a GIF of Mike Bloomberg, and then because um, <laughs> we're sponsored by him, or just we a bunch of really good pictures of Mike Bloomberg being yeah. cool. Just pictures of Mike Bloomberg face swap with Bernie Sanders for no reason. <laughs> and like just uncanny valley shit. And then like just the audio of the podcast. <laughs> All right. Well, I suppose keep a lookout for those horrifying YouTube videos that we'll be releasing eventually. <laughs> <It's so horrifying>. And <laughs> as always, you can uh, check us out on Twitter. You can check out that tweet and see it for yourself. See it for yourself. Hashtag mansplaining in three words. <laughs> <laughs> Except that's not explaining. That's like that's explicitly not explaining something. See it for yourself. <laughs> See it for yourself. Oh, damn. Hold on. Let me finish. All right. All right. Well, uh, I think we finished. I think we finished. <laughs>